2: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
3: The Atlanta Braves won their fourth World Series title in franchise history. Max Fried was brilliant and the Braves lineup loaded up the scoreboard. And how close will the first edition of the college football playoff rankings be to the final edition? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
2: Searching all major, major
3: sports.
4: sports. Found.
3: Let's start with the biggest story. An Atlanta sports team finished the deal. It was a 7-0 win for the Atlanta Braves to clinch a World Series title. They do it as underdogs. They do it against one of the villains, if you want to call them that, of Major League Baseball. Joining me now from Locked On Braves, Jake Mastriani. And Jake, this is a long time coming for Atlanta sports it is presumably cathartic and it it I think you tell me is gonna exercise some of these demons. Can you try and just put in perspective a little bit for for those of us who are not Atlanta sports fans, what this means to this city and this fan base?
5: Yeah, it means it means a ton. I mean, you go back to the nineties and the great run that it is and everything. You know, the only thing anybody ever wants to point out is they only won one World Series and, you know, they choked in several others. So, you know, for this team to do it, like you said, as underdogs, you know, against all odds with everything they went through in this season and it. You know, and even, you know, as Atlanta fans, you saw what happened in game five. They get a grand slam in the first inning, you know, trying to close it out and they immediately blow it. And it's an Atlanta fan. You're thinking, <laughs> oh, no, here we go again. And so, I right. mean, even even in game six, they're up seven nothing. And, you know, we're being reminded, hey, the Astros scored seven runs in the ninth inning in the ALCS. So, like, even Atlanta fans still, you know, don't want to quite believe it till the Astros made that final out. But this team was just different. And, you know, they all said it. But then they actually went out there and did it. You know, this team believed in each other, you know, I want, I want to say all season long, but really since the All-Star break, you know, the, when this this band of, of brothers kind of came together here playing for each other, and they, they just, I mean, they were just different. And they had that mentality, that good clubhouse atmosphere, and they got it done. I mean, like you said, underdogs shouldn't be here, shouldn't have done this, and yet they do.
3: Does that underdog part of it, Does that matter a little bit more in this case?
5: I think the biggest part of it is that those teams in the 90s, you knew from beginning to end, they were going to win that division. They were going to go to the postseason. And, you know, part of winning in the MLB postseason is getting hot at the right time, playing your best baseball at the right time. And, you know, the Braves had to fight and claw. I mean, they were playing playoff baseball, you know, pretty much since August. I mean, they were you know, down in the division, under 500. So, I mean, they have been playing playoff baseball for two months, and I think that is a big deal when you talk about, you know, going into the postseason hot, you know, playing those types of games with your back against the wall. I mean, this team was, you know, as battle-tested, as mentally tough as any team can be, because they were fighting for their lives from, you know, again, August on I mean it was it was do or die for them and I think that plays a lot into teams who you know win the World Series you go back to that 2019 Nationals team that won it you know not winning the division but they had to fight and claw, get into the wild card you know and I think you see that a lot in baseball it's not necessarily you know who's the best over 162 it's who's playing the best at the end obviously the Braves made a lot of trades at the deadline you know to build this team into what they became and they played the best baseball in the second half and through the postseason. So, again, you know, comparing it to that 90s team, that 90s team was good from beginning to the end. They, a lot of times, had clinched early on, and sometimes I think that's a detriment <laughs> to those teams. I think it's more, or I think it's better for, uh, you know, teams who are fighting and clawing to the end and playing that brand of baseball It can carry it over into the postseason, and that's what this team did.
3: Follow Locked On Braves for more on this historic championship run. Coming up, more on the Braves World Series Championship with our Locked On insider, Gordon Beckham.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: The Steelers were sellers on an otherwise uneventful trade deadline day.
0: I'm Chris Carter from the Locked On Steelers podcast with your Locked On Now update. We're we'll recording from the wild here from Pittsburgh because, hey, we got to do things on the go. But we got big breaking news. The Pittsburgh Steelers have traded Melvin Ingram for the Kansas City Chiefs for a sixth round pick. Melvin Ingram, of course, all the stories leaking out last week that he wanted to leave Pittsburgh. He didn't like how he was being used, despite him saying when he came into Pittsburgh that he was happy to be used, however, he, he could be. This is, a, this is a move the Steelers apparently had to make because you can't keep a disgruntled veteran around who doesn't want to be with the team because he's upset with something. It can mess up the team chemistry. We talked about that with Tony Serena with the pit, uh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers on the Tuesday episode of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Go back and listen to that if you get a chance. But this move now puts Taco Charlton and, and Tuxa as the top edge rushers to back up T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, leaving that position very thin.
3: The Texans made another trade and
4: no, still not the one you're thinking. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I am Cody Davis, one half of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And ladies and gentlemen, the Houston Texans have just traded Charles who to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for a future draft pick. Now, I know some people might be disappointed because we all, including myself, thought that Charles who could be the future of the Texans defensive line. However, he kind of struggled to find his niche in the Texans 4-3 defense. Plus, with him getting two healthy scratches and back-to-back weeks, there was starting to be some growing discontent between him and his organization. Now, a mini who has an opportunity to finally come close to reaching his potential in San Francisco. The 49ers, they have picked up a tremendous pass rusher that can really help improve their defensive line. And look, the Houston Texans, they actually, this move actually gives them an opportunity to continue developing some of their younger guys, especially Jonathan Grenard, who is currently leading the team in sacks with six on the season. And as we continue to sit here on this NFL trade day line day to see whether or not the Houston Texans move on from Deshaun Watson, this was their first move of the day by sending the mini to the San Francisco 49ers.
3: On the hardwood, the Bucks ended a three-game losing streak in Detroit Tuesday night. What's
1: up, everyone? Kane Pittman here from Locked On Bucks. And Milwaukee get back on the winners' list. Three straight losses prior to this one. They haven't lost three straight uh, for quite a while, or it's been rare over the last few seasons. Anyway, they have been 117 to 89, which is important and gets the Bucks back to four and four on the season because uh, the health situation just continues to be uh, a major issue for this moving forward pre-game we heard Chris Middleton has uh, unfortunately tested positive uh, for COVID so hopefully he and his family is healthy moving forward first of all but from the on-court point of view it meant Giannis was the only starter in this game it didn't really matter Giannis this was a true men among boys situation Giannis was too big too strong too athletic and too good in the end he had 28 points 8 rebounds 9 assists 4 blocks some of those blocks were insane as well so uh, the poor old Pistons continue to struggle against the Bucks. They've now beaten Detroit 15 times in a row since Mike Budenholzer came to town with an average winning margin of 18 points. So it's been all one-way traffic in this Central Division matchup over the last few seasons. We're going to break it all down, talk about the injuries, talk about Giannis, talk about his shot blocking, some of the other aspects of this game, and as this team, is the Bucks, prepare to come home for a big matchup against the New York Knicks.
3: And in a sad, bizarre story, Henry Ruggs III was charged with DUI leading to a death after a car crash early Tuesday morning in Las Vegas. He has since been released by the Raiders.
0: I'm your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast, with your breaking Raiders news. That is not good news when it comes to the Silver and Black. Early this morning, star wide receiver Henry Ruggs III was involved in a very car bad car accident that resulted in a death. Now, Henry Ruggs stayed on the scene. Uh, He was impaired, according to Las Vegas Police Department. He's going to be charged with DUI that resulted in a death. Prayers goes out to the family or the families of the victim. Uh, Very bad news. It's way bigger than football. It's not about anything going on in the football field and Henry Ruggs appears to be like he's going to be okay, but uh, all lost in here was was a life, and so that's what's really important. The NFL has plans in places, and they have programs in place, so this is avoided, but uh, it pops up far too many times, so uh, that's the latest and the greatest when it comes to Henry Ruggs III. Uh, Not good news. The Raiders put out a statement just a few minutes ago that they're aware of an accident involving Ruggs that occurred this morning in Las Vegas. We're devastated by the loss of life, and our thoughts and prayers go to the victim's family. We're in the process of gathering information. We'll have no for the comment until this time
3: and in an unfortunate addition to this story there is precedent in the nfl for punishment on this because dante Stallworth lost the entire 2009 season after he was convicted in a similar situation where he also killed someone with his car That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Plenty of basketball lines at BetOnline this Wednesday. The New York Knicks take to the road and face the Indiana Pacers. BetOnline has the Pacers favored by a point and a half. Tipping off an hour after that, the Memphis Grizzlies host the Denver Nuggets. BetOnline.ag likes the Grizzlies making the home team a favorite by two. And out west, it's the Charlotte Hornets at the Golden State Warriors. BetOnline.ag likes the chances of points being scored in this one with an over-under set at 226. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code On to get that bonus.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
3: Max Fried pitched six scoreless and the bats put together complimentary baseball to earn the Braves a World Series title. Our Locked On Insider Gordon Beckham detailed the Braves dominance in game six.
2: We're reacting to the new World Series champions. The Braves have taken home their first championship in quite a while. Um you kind of called it from the beginning and this game wasn't overly close by any means, but what did you see from the Braves during this series and how impressed were you in their efforts?
6: Yeah, I think that the Braves really just continued doing what they were doing. I mean, they, they were the hottest team, you know, kind of coming in the playoffs. Their second half was amazing. We're going to talk a little bit about it, but um, mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of shocked people with taking the Brewers down in, in basically four games and then beat, the Dodgers, who everybody thought would be in the World Series again. And so you just kind of saw this this building. And the first batter of the World Series, it's a home run. And so it might be the MVP. I haven't, uh, haven't seen who ended up winning it. But anyways, uh, you know, it, just that momentum kind of kept going, um, you know, throughout the playoffs. And you could just tell they were a team of destiny. They were a team – uh that was wanting to win they were a tight-knit group and and everybody was pulling for each other you could really see that and and the Houston also was doing the same thing but the the Braves just had something special uh and uh I think before the series I actually said that they're going to win in six and 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 it actually came true which never happens uh (laughs) but uh it happened here they just were a team that was you know moving in a really good direction against a team like Houston that was playing well but the Braves just, they came out and did it. I mean, they lost Morton in the first game, and uh, they didn't blink an eye.
2: They really were coming into this hot. So were the Astros, though, for so for them to be able to be so dominant over them in this series. I mean, you've covered this team, the Braves, throughout the year. Can you kind of lay out, this wasn't the team that they were in the midsummer, around July. So kind of how did Atlanta become the team that won the World
4: Series?
6: Right. So I, I, I spent some time covering this team. I did some pre and post games for them. I was around their uh, their clubhouse and understood kind of uh, how they were ticking. And I was covering the team at the end of July. And I basically, people were asking me, what do you think? And I'm like, I just don't think they're a playoff team. Now this is before they basically made all the trades. I think they had traded for Jock Peterson at that point, but they hadn't made the trade for Soler, Rosario or Duvall at that point. And so it just, they were not a team. And, and I, Speaking to Brian Snicker the other day in the NLCS, he just said, listen, we weren't a playoff team. And then all of a sudden we got these other guys into the lineup and it was just a different team. So the reason that the Braves won the World Series is because of those trades. I mean, there is no doubt about it. Their their pitching staff remained basically the same. I mean, they had the same guys that for most of the year in their pitching staff that made it happen. Um, But their outfield changed the game and is the reason they won the world series because without these guys, I mean, you just look back at all the things that Rosario did. Peterson did um, Duvall had some big games and then Soler in the world series. I mean, these are the, these guys are the reason they won the world series. I mean, Freddie Freeman had a great series. He had a great playoffs, but he's not the reason they won the world series. The reason they won is because of the trades that Alex Anthopoulos made in the end of July to get their team a lineup that could compete. And when what happens when you have guys that are veteran players that can go up to bat and really make the opposing pitchers grind the opposing staff? It just wears them down. If they always have to make good pitches and you have veteran players, then it, it just makes them be that much more fine for that much like for that for that longer, you know, I mean, like they have to be really good for a long time to beat this team. And this team just came together. I mean, Deval's never played better than he has in a Braves uniform. Um, he's gone all over. He hasn't had as much success, but every time he's in a Braves uniform, he's just uh, you know lights out. So, uh, just a lot of a lot of guys. Uh, a lot of guys contributed, but the reason they, they won this World Series is because of the outfield. I mean, they lost Acuna Cunha earlier in the uh, year, and, and everybody's like, all right, this just isn't going to be our year. They were up and down. They weren't a playoff team. Um, and then all of a sudden, it just flip-flopped, and they just went on a roll and didn't ever look, look back.
3: Follow Locked on MLB for more as we transition into an offseason that will include a collective bargaining battle. Coming up, did the College Football Playoff Committee get it right?
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. I love telling you guys about Built Bar because this is a product that I so believe in. It is a product that I trust, that I recommend to other people, even not on the podcast because it really is that big of a game changer. It is, we overuse this word a lot, disruptor. It is a disruptor in the protein bar space because it tastes like a candy bar. I, you you probably don't believe me, but I'm telling you this. When you try it, you will understand it's not chalky or waxy or hard to choke down. They're soft. They're covered in 100% chocolate and, and the center. That's where they really nail it with these flavors, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate. They are unbelievable and yet low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. Of course, it's a protein bar after all. You have to try it out and. Limited time flavors coming out every three to four days this month. So go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKS 15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS 15 for 15% off at built.com
2: Agree or disagree?
3: This is the Q of the day. The first college football playoff rankings are out. Georgia and Alabama predictably at the top with Michigan State and Oregon rounding out the top four. Of course, these are all subject to change. Plenty of football left to go. Ohio State just out of that top four at number five. So that makes it a bit of Big Ten versus the SEC right now. So in that vein, joining me from Locked On, Big Ten, Nate Dickinson. And Nate, uh, the, the best team in college football all season has been Georgia. And Alabama is still Alabama. How much of a chance? Does Michigan State or Ohio State have really of crashing this party.
7: I think the idea is still with either of these schools and honestly with more than either of these schools honestly is still either of them Michigan I mean you could count a couple more and if you want to get into two lost teams but any of them is still feeling pretty confident and should be that if they win the Big Ten conference they'll be in that college football playoff. Obviously, Michigan State and Ohio State are in the driver's seat as far as that goes. Michigan's still right there. They of course still have already suffered the loss to Michigan State, so they're at a little bit of a disadvantage, but those teams along with say like a, a Minnesota and the Wisconsin on the other side along with Iowa who are trying to play a little bit more spoiler now at this point as far as the national spotlight goes, they all have a shot to win this conference and It's looking like right now that whoever's going to win it is in. I think that whoever wins this conference in is just because I don't think that whoever's going to win it is going to be one of these teams that is out of it yet. I don't know if that makes any sort of sense. Yes. I I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's a matter really of whether or not the Big Ten is going to be able to get a second team into this tournament. It seems like the one team is a lock. It's right now, can they be the SEC and say that, hey, this conference is good enough that just basically off of that alone, we should be able to get this second team in the way that the SEC has been able to do. Can that happen? I don't know. We'll find out. But again, it's interesting the way that these first rankings play out the way that everyone sees things right now. Do you think any of these teams,
3: especially Michigan State, Ohio State at the top of these rankings have a legitimate chance to
7: knock off. Alabama or Georgia in the college football playoff? It would have to be right now. If you're looking at a big 10 team, Ohio state, we've talked a lot about how there's a lot of really, really good defenses in the big 10 conference, but you need to have a really, really good offense to be able to keep up with a Georgia an Alabama or or anybody else who you're going to play at that stage right now, Ohio state's the only offense in this conference that has shown that it could keep up with any team in the country. And I don't think that if you're the Big Ten Conference as a whole, you're comfortable sending any other quarterback in the Big Ten and any other offense in the Big Ten out onto that national stage to represent the conference in the same way that you would Ohio State. I mean, C.J. Stroud, the freshman, Ohio State has a lot of really young players, but I mentioned it before. Georgia's the number one defense in the country right now. Ohio State is the number one offense in the country right now, just based off of yards. And it's because of some special stuff that's been going on at that program. I mean, mean, Ohio State's always been really good on offense, but this is a team that's setting even like Buckeyes school record paces right now with how good that they have been. So if any team's going to keep up with what an SEC team's going to bring to that college football playoff, it's going to be the Ohio State Buckeyes right now. I don't think any other team in the Big Ten can say that it boasts an offense it's confident enough at this moment to be able to put on that kind of a pedestal.
3: And finally, some fans have a hard time with their favorite players being traded away. And sometimes those fans are family members of the general manager pulling the trigger on the deal. George Payton said his son was so upset at him for trading away Von Miller that he still isn't talking to him. The Broncos dealt the all-pro linebacker to the Rams on Monday for a second and third round pick in the next NFL draft. I get it. And I understand the emotion in it. I'm in it every single day, Peyton said in a press conference on Tuesday. Maybe the Broncos will get a win this week and Peyton's son can resume talking to his dad. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Thursday, we get you ready for a Thursday night football game of two teams at a crossroads as the Jets and Colts take the field. Listen, it's not a great game, but that's the best I can do trying to sell it. So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on today. Hey,
2: Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.